Sports Saturday. It's complete. Another touchdown. Cougar Sports Saturday. Saturday. A presentation of KSL Sports. KSL Sports. Left wing for three. He got it again. BYU Sports Talk by Cougar fans for Cougar fans. Here are your hosts, Mitch Harper and Matt Biamonte. On Utah's legacy home of the Cougars. KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back into KSL News Radio, your legacy home of the BYU Cougars. BYU football coaching staff complete with the latest hire being tight ends coach Kevin Gilbride, and he joins us now here on the program. And coach, welcome back to to BYU first off. And just how did how did you get here? But get the you know from uh, your co coaching career now back to BYU. Well, thank you for uh, for the welcome, by the way, to start off with. Um, long story short, full circle, um, you know, I got to play with Kalani and, uh, and Coach A-Rod and Justin Enna and um, Gennaro. And it was, you know, so there's a lot of guys from that 1998 football team, BYU football team that are on this staff. Um, stayed in contact very close with with A-Rod. You know, that was, that was the biggest thing. For whatever reason, you know, I was an 18-year-old true freshman quarterback. He was a redshirt senior who had come back from a Mormon mission, was married, had a dog, uh, and and we became close and uh, and stayed close, you know, stayed close throughout our coaching profession as well, our coaching careers. Um, we, uh, we, um, sorry, that was Papa Sataki right out there saying a quick <laughs> hello. Um, we, uh, you know, we've, we stayed in contact, not just because we were friends and friendly, but we, we also talked a lot of football, um, whether it be schematics or techniques and, um, and we've always talked about trying to be on the same coaching staff together. Um, and it just so happened that it's working out full circle here at BYU, which is which is pretty special uh, from a relationship standpoint and where it's happening. Did Coach A-Rod reach out to you and say, hey, you have any interest here? Or like, how did you become aware of the opening on the staff? That that was the re- that was how, actually. Yeah, he, he reached out and he, he kind of – asked if I would be interested and, and describe the job to me. And, and, uh, and I was, you know, I, there's no reason for me not to be, you know, I, I hold this, this institution in high regard. I certainly hold the football program in high regard. Um, and so the opportunity I certainly was interested in. Um, and then it was a, a matter of whether it was going to be a fit between the two sides, meaning me and the program. Um, and fortunately it worked out and I'm very excited to be here. What are the expectations that coach Roderick laid out for you that, that he has for you in this role? Um, well, number one, development of the tight ends. I mean, that's, that's going to be a big thing and, uh, and finding different ways to, to utilize their talents and maximize what they can do and not just necessarily have them play one specific role, but have them be able to play multiple roles and do it successfully. That was one. Um, and then just the, you know, the added, um, game planning, the added, uh, you know, support and, uh, and with the, studying of the defenses coming up, you know, having tendencies and having ideas of how to break their tendencies or, or our tendencies and uh, taking advantage of what the defense does. It's just a, a collective um, overall knowledge and, and history of, of football and, uh, and hopefully being able to help just one more person to be in that room. That's going to help with the game planning process and putting it, implementing it into, and hopefully having success with it. How do you go about getting to know a new position group? Um, you've only been here a little bit. You know, we haven't even had a spring football yet, but 
What's your mentality as a coach to maybe get to know the players so, so that you're hitting the ground running on spring football? It's it's exactly that. It's get to know the players, period. And and that doesn't mean just on the on the surface, but really trying to let them see me who, who, for who I am as a person. Um, and I'm trying to gather information as to who they are as people. Because um, I think the more we know each other, the more we'll respect each other. And then turn, um, that's going to help us become successful when when push comes to shove and I'm pushing them to to be the best they can be. Um, they're going to understand that it's coming from a place of love and, and trust and having their back. Um, and, and I think that's what players need to feel from their coach. Um, and, and the more you get to know your players, truly get to know them, again, you, you hit the nail on the head. It's just right on the surface. I've just had first meetings and second meetings with guys. But as the more that we get to know each other, the further that relationship is going to form, and it'll be a, a positive thing. BYU Titans coach Kevin Gilbride's our guest here on KSL News Radio, and I'm curious, Coach, how much crossover is there between the NFL game and and college? Because your resume obviously uh, deeply entrenched in, in in the NFL world. How how much uh, crossover is there between the two leagues? I would say this: there's enough crossover, meaning. Football's football, number one, and you need to get your players to perform. I mean, that's plain and simple. That's what you need to do. The other side that's exactly the exact the same is that we need to find match problems based basically with our players being able to match up against the defensive players. Um, at certain places, maybe at USC or one of these places that is just better than everyone else, that's not necessarily the case. They can run their quote-unquote system, but – the majority of football played in the in the United States and in the world, it's all about matchups. It's about finding how, ways to take advantage of like defenders or defenses or schematically. Um, that's where it, it certainly holds true here. So there's a lot of crossover in my opinion. Mitch just referenced your uh, your long history in the NFL. You worked with Tom Coughlin, Ben McAdoo, Matt Nagy, Matt Rule. You have any yep. uh, fun or interesting stories from your time under them i mean tom coffin's a guy who has a a rich history in the nfl super bowl history any any fun stories that would illustrate some of your time in the nfl um, uh not off the top of my head to be honest with you let me think let me think uh there's a million little funny stories here and there but it's more uh you know, Coach Coughlin ripping people and stuff like that. <laughs> but, uh, but I will say this, he, what a tremendous man. Like, I've been very fortunate to be around some some great coaches in, in my day, whether it was the head coaches that I was coaching under or playing under, certain position coaches that I was playing under, um, that are tremendous men within this profession, which was a, which was a great, great people for me to, to model my behavior after. Um, and, and try to emulate them and how they went about their business. Coach Coughlin was certainly one of those people. He's incredibly detailed and stuck to his guns no matter what, um, and then really showed that he cared about his players and his coaches. Um, that was That's one thing that uh, I think maybe potentially early in his career he tried to hold back from a little bit, uh, but as soon as they started to see how he truly cared about them, they played their butts off for him. How excited are you to to get involved in, in recruiting? Uh, you know, you've had some experience in your in your coaching career at at Temple and Georgetown, but it seems like college football recruiting has changed so much since then. What, what do you think about your expectations for getting on the recruiting trail as well? It really has changed tremendously. Um, so it's it's more like <laughs> I've been here now. This is my fourth day, and it's like uh, drinking water from a fire hose. <laughs> 
but not that that's a bad thing. I'm excited about it to be 100% honest with you. Like it's it's going to be a challenge because of learning the little idiosyncrasies of how recruiting is now compared to how it was back when I was at Temple and Georgetown and Syracuse um, and the different level of player that I'm recruiting now in comparison to them. Um, and then the style of recruiting, all of it's changed, but it's something that I'm really excited about and, and a little anxious about because I don't feel like I have it down yet. Um, so I'm working towards that. Like right until we started having this interview, I, I'm looking at uh, guys from the 2025 potential recruiting class. And then I'm comparing them to the players that we have on our, on our uh, team now, just to try to get a baseline of this is the type of player that, that we uh, think we need to get here at BYU. And just to follow up, speaking of recruiting, you brought up the, the, the 1998 BYU team. I remember that recruiting class when you committed to BYU, I think it was like in January and you were a heralded recruit, I think a top 15 quarterback for, I remember nationally. What, I'm just curious, what drew you to BYU back then and is it kind of surreal to be back here at BYU let's start with the second part of the question yes <laughs> surreal but excited uh, and I you know I touched on earlier in the interview just uh, that I, I hold this this institution in general at, at Brigham Young to, in high esteem and I've always valued you know the values that come with this place and with the football program as well and then that brings you to, to the first part of your question why did I choose BYU um my recruiting was a little bit different, a little bit all over the place. Um, I would say this, because of my father's name being a, a, a coach, my name was well known. So my my film got everywhere. So I was I was you know recruited into Big Ten and you know Mountain West and, and WAC. Mountain West didn't exist at the time, but WAC at that time um, to Big Twelve, uh, you know, at the time, and then all the way down to one to play teams, and um, you know, Memphis and in uh, uh, Alabama, Birmingham were my first two offers. So it was really all over the place. Mm. But one thing I knew is I wanted to be able to have a football scholarship and have the opportunity to play baseball. And so that's what it came down to, as far as trying to narrow some choices down. Um, and when I came to it, and I, I came to BYU, and I knew it was a great academic institution, tremendous football culture. Uh, quarterback tradition here is second to none. And then I was like, but will I fit in? Will I like these, you know, is this going to be the place for me? Um, I came up here on my visit and I, I fell in love with it. I, I fell in love with the people, the guys that I was going to be teammates with, with Brett Kiesel being one of them. <laughs> it, was, it was a little bit of a nut job, but that was perfect <laughs> for me. I was I was excited about it. I was like, oh yeah, all right, these are my people. I can, I can spend time with these guys. And that's really what it came down to. So I, I had a really good feeling about BYU. Um, and I felt comfortable here and, and coach Edwards at the time was the head coach and he's a tremendous man. As you all know, that's one of the guys I was referencing earlier. Um, and so it felt right. And so that's why I chose BYU. You have a big task ahead. Isaac Rex has moved on. There's not a lot of returning production from last year's team. What are your goals? What are your plans for spring football? What would you like to accomplish in that portion of getting ready for this upcoming season? It's a heck of a question because there's, there's so many elements that go into it but first and foremost it's putting my players into difficult situations physically mentally emotionally um, because they need to feel that they need to fail multiple times at it and then continue to come back and that's where growth happens so that's one of the things that i'm starting to emphasize with those guys as i'm having these meetings is you know this isn't going to be easy this isn't going to be a, a you know i walk in now here's this coach and he's had, he had he's been in the nfl so everything's going to be great we're all going to be successful not going to be the case it's going to be 
work. It's going to be work on, on their part and my part. So that's where it starts. And then you just see, you see where the growth happens. You see uh, um, how, who takes the bull by the horns and runs with it and, and puts themselves in position to, to be the starter or be the number two guy and what roles the other guys can play. But the emphasis is going to be developing all of them and making sure that that we're getting the most out of all of them. Because when you put yourself into those situations in, in football and you continue to battle through things, it's going to carry over through the course of your life. And to me, that's what the great thing about football. But I'm planning on putting those guys in, in those spots. So those are my, really my goals is to to see what we're going to have out of spring ball as far as uh, guys that we can count on and, and what roles they can play and then developing them to be able to do other things as well. Are you expecting, uh, by my rough count, about 10 guys in that tight end unit uh, going to spring? I know it's you know first week on the job, probably getting to know everyone, but about 10 guys or so in spring ball at tight end? Yes, yeah, essentially, yeah, give or take. From a just a football perspective, not necessarily looking at this roster or looking forward, do you like to have tight ends that you can play all three downs, that they'll run block, pass block, or is there value in having situational type players who can – do things based on packages and situations? Uh, it's a good question. And it's something I philosophically believe in is you can't just do one thing and be, uh, you know, have a specific role. Okay, this guy runs this route. This guy uh, blocks this particular play. This guy we're going to put in for pass protection. It becomes way too easy on the defense to recognize who's in the game and, and what you're you're doing. They might not know specifically what route concept you're going to run, but they know you're probably going to stretch the field if this guy's on the field. You know, you can't do that. So to me, it's you still want to utilize your guys and maximize their ability and put them in the positions that they can be successful, but then they need to be able to do other things as well. So is it a bad thing to have a two-minute tight end who you know is, is your best pass receiving threat and, and is going to go down the field when everyone knows that you're going to throw the ball? No, that's great. But as far as the ins and outs of playing every other, you know, situational football uh, situation, you do, you need to have guys who can do multiple things. So that's that's how I believe. How much do you love just diving into, you know, the X's and O's, the minutia of football, and you're really kind of getting next level and trying to think of new ways to attack defense? How much do you just enjoy that? I mean, that's, it's a huge part of our job. So it's, it's, I love it. <laughs> I just, I just do like that's. I can sense the passion. That's why I, I asked that. Yeah, no, it's, it's one of the challenging things. It's, it's trying to get your guys and figure out the way to put them in position where we can either take advantage of them from a, from a personnel standpoint or a schematic standpoint. And then it's, can we get our guys to execute the job? And if they can't do it, then it might be, might be the best idea in the world, but it doesn't matter. If our guys can't do it, you might as well throw it out. So it's it's the combination of how we're going to take advantage of these guys that we know we can physically take advantage of them. And then schematically, we know from a schematic standpoint, we should be able to throw this concept, this concept, this concept versus this particular coverage. But can our guys execute it? Because if they can't, you might as well throw it out anyway. So I think that's, you know, going back to one of your original, you know, uh, questions, which was, you know, how do I, how can I help, you know, A-Rod? I think that's one of the ways is being able to evaluate our, our guys and see what we can do and what we can, uh, how we can take advantage of defenses. One last things for you, Coach, uh, before we let you go. What's your dad up to? I know that, you know, he had an accomplished coaching career. What, what's he up to these days? How's, how's he tra- treating, how's life for him right now? He's living the dream. No, he's, uh, he's, uh, no, he's doing well. He's, 
he actually he's had both knees replaced, both hips replaced, so he's actually starting to feel better, um, which is good because he's he's an active guy. Um, and then the other thing that he does that keeps his mind sharp is he for years now has been doing the uh, background information for whether it be Sunday night football or um, some of the afternoon games to help the color commentator and the play-by-play guys in their preparation. So they send him, you know, they ha- he has a computer that they've sent him. He does background work on all three phases on for both teams, which is a lot. Um, and then, you know, puts it into a hour long segment or a 45 minute segment where it's filmed, where he voices over the film. Mm. Um, and he, he's been doing that for years. And then when Eli and, and Peyton started the Manning cast, um, Eli called him and asked him to do it for them. So he's really enjoying that because now he can, rather than talking to somebody that he might be talking over their heads or might have to over explain something so they, they understand it. With Eli and Peyton, he just talk and just talk ball. So he's doing that, so he's enjoying it. Selfishly, I got to squeeze in one more quick thing. So you transferred to Hawaii. You spent some time there. I love Hawaii. Mitch has never been. Can you give me a hidden gem about Oahu? I just I try to go there every year. For someone who lived there for years, I need some sort of hidden gem, Coach. Well, I mean, hidden gem or preferences hey anything just just i just want to consume all things hawaii and oahu <laughs> there you go okay well you got to go to rainbow driving for their mixed plate you got to go to L for their chicken katsu you got to go to Lokomoko for the Lokomoko. and then on top of that uh makapu is probably my favorite beach up the windward side um and then there's i forget the exact name of it but up in laie there's a golf course that's right on the water and it's old and beat up and it's not very expensive. In fact, like when I was there over the summer one year, we would do all, we did our football training and then I would do baseball training. And then we'd drive up to the North shore. We'd go to Waimea Bay, hang out for a while. And then at 5 PM, the, the course shut down. And so anybody could get on. So we would go there and play nine holes right then. It was oh. the, the best thing right on the water. It was gorgeous. So there you I go. love that talking could... football, but I love talking Hawaii as well. coach. <laughs> <So do I. laughs> and if you know Hawaii, you know that. It's the people that make it it special. So I was fortunate enough that, you know, I lived a lot of different places growing up. So I appreciate and learn and enjoy learning about different American cultures and culture in general. Um, So I went out there with that mindset. And when you do that out there and you appreciate the people and the land and, and you, you know, appreciate their traditions, they take you in legit like family, family. So the Aloha spirit is strong when that's the case. I was fortunate enough that they took me in that way. So I was I feel very blessed that I got to, you know, spend four years out there as well. You have to battle Fessy Sataki for that recruiting territory to make Hawaii your your <laughs> battleground going uh going forward. Well coach, we appreciate the time. We could talk football all day with you. We look forward to seeing you at spring ball in the years ahead. Appreciate the time. Thank you. Nice meeting you guys. Appreciate it.